Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior. And we are at our headquarters right here, which is the gathering space of St. James Catholic Church, my parish here in Duluth. And so, good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Father. How are you? Very good. Why don't we start with a prayer, okay? Yes. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, be with us this morning as we... uh, Search out your truth and your beauty in our guests and our church in our local area. We pray that you may inspire those that are going to be with us and those who are going to be listening to always seek your greater glory. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Cindy, you weren't here last month. No, I've been so busy. Are you a little nervous because this is your first time in two months? A little bit, yes. Why would you be nervous? How long have you been doing this for? It still makes me nervous. Uh, where, where were you last month? I was in Cancun for a week. Cancun. People go to Cancun. Wisconsin for a week. Why do you go Kansas to Cancun in the summertime when you live in Duluth? You know, it kind of goes way back. I, I've told you this I know, story. I know, I know, I know. Do you want me to go? No, no, it? no. We don't have to go. I know. It's bad. But you know what? We don't swim around here. So it actually works out well because there's swimming pools there and the kids swim 24 oh, 7. Well, that's good. They get it all out. All and right. They come back here. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. Well, it's good to have you back. Well, thank you. It's always it's good, good to, to have be you. back. And we have, we have from my from my standpoint, Cindy, we have a very special guest this uh, um, morning. And he's, I, I'd consider him a good friend, although I wouldn't say that public, although I just said it publicly. And that is Father Seamus Walsh. Father Walsh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. Thank you. Father Walsh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm a, with emphasis on little. No, no, no go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Duluth for f- the last 55 years. I grew up in Ireland. I went to seminary in Ireland, and I was sponsored by the Diocese of Duluth. And they let me stay in the seminary and to be ordained there for service here. So um, I came to this diocese after ordination in 1966. And I've been in different parishes in the diocese ever since. And uh, just retired uh, from active ministry four years ago. And now I'm busier now than I was in, in uh, parish life. Helping you out, Father Rich, I may add. <laughs> uh, because Father Rich called me, says, I'm desperate. Can you, I only need the best. Can you come and help me? At I'm, not, I'm not sure that's how it went. I said, I'm desperate. I'm looking for my last choice. So, <laughs> Actually, Father Walsh and I are really good friends. Uh, for uh, listeners, That when you're a newly ordained priest, uh, you're an associate pastor under another priest that's been around for a while, long in the tooth, might we say. And I was Father Walsh's associate. So he taught me. Uh, I was with him for my first two years of priesthood, and so uh, we hit it off very well back then. We even traveled together. We did. I brought Father Rich to the Holy Land, and oh. it was a wonderful experience for him. But when an Irishman says the Holy Land, it's not the Holy Land. It's Israel that he's talking about. It's, it's Ireland that he's talking oh, I was about. Like, and so, yes, he did bring me to Ireland one time, and then I brought him to Rome. So it went, it went both ways. So, Father Walsh, what was it? So when you when you got to Duluth, how many 
Irish-born priests were there in the diocese. Yes, we had a strong tradition of Irish priests in this diocese because the first bishop was from Ireland. As a matter of fact, from a, a small town very near where I grew up. And uh, when he became the, the first bishop of Duluth in 1889, he desperate for priests up here in northern Minnesota. So he went back to Ireland year after year after year to the seminaries saying, come and help us. We are in huge need. And so, as a consequence, uh, if I uh, heard it correctly, 69 priests from Ireland have served, Irish-born priests have served in the Diocese of Duluth. I was the last to uh, serve uh, as a priest. Right, yeah. uh, because after, but when I came to this diocese in 1966, there were still 30 Irish-born priests still uh, in the diocese in active ministry. Now, did Duluth have more of an Irish presence than a typical diocese? Yes, at, at all because of that for our first bishop. Okay. So um, the Diocese of Duluth is an, is an anomaly. In the, it's not like any of the other dioceses in Duluth or in Minnesota or the Dakotas. So many Irish priests, but because of the first uh, bishop being Irish-born and brought. So, so what was it like when you were, okay, so you go off to the seminary. Was it All Hallows, right? No. I was uh, with the Jesuits for okay. uh, for college. That explains a lot of things. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, they gave me a fabulous education, okay. so hats off yeah. to the Jesuits. <laughs> and uh, and then for theology, then St. Patrick's and Thurless. Okay. And that's where I was ordained. So you, you signed up. How did your family respond when you said, okay, I'm going to go to Duluth. I'm going to move far, far away from home to be a priest. The first thing is the priesthood was an honorable profession in, in Irish culture, especially in the farming culture from which I came. I have an uncle a priest. I had granduncles priests, cousin, I have cousins priests presently in Ireland. So priesthood is a very honorable profession in my family and among uh, my, my cousins and relatives. So that's the first thing. Going to uh, Duluth, um, that was no great issue because I had an uncle a priest in the Diocese of Duluth who was ordained in 1918 and came out here to this diocese. So I said, well, you're going out there. I didn't know what I was getting into. I never forgot my first winter here. And, uh, <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little about your first winter? Uh, had I known about it, I might have gone to Cancun. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes, you should have. <laughs> yeah, first winter, I'll never forget it. Um, oh, the, the brutal cold. And, you know, now I've gotten sort of used to it, and it's no big thing. But uh, for a guy like me, coming from a temper- very temperate climate, you know, um, in Ireland, in the winters are very temperate. Uh, it was a, a shock to the system. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, tradition is, now I know that you've told me in the past that a tradition in the Irish culture at that time was that the firstborn son would often become a priest. That's right. And, um, I'm and a, I have yeah. a twin brother, yeah. and we two are the oldest. And uh, th- uh, um, I, all belong to me are farmers, and mother, my mother's side, my father's side. Farmers for generation after generation. And the tradition was that the oldest son would inherit the farm. Oh, okay. And uh, thankfully, Liam, my brother, was the firstborn, and I was the secondborn. God was good, let me tell you. I would have been a horrible farmer. I hated that farm, pure slavery. And, uh, but interestingly, I'm so proud of that farm, and were that farm to leave my family, I would be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. But not for me to be the farmer. Right, right. So you're, you're, uh, so I got that wrong. So the firstborn male is generally the one that took over the farm. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how, how much older is your twin brother than you? He's just a little older, you know, twins. We, yeah, showed, right. up, we uh, showed up pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I was wondering, you know, I know in the Diocese of Duluth, we do have kind of a shortage problem with priests. I think it would be a great job for you to go to Ireland and maybe bring some back. What do you think about that new job in your retirement? Well, as I mentioned, I was the last of the Irish priests still in active service. And uh, Father Jack O'Donnell was um, the last Irish-born priest to come to the diocese, and that was 1972. We have had any Irish priests since then. Same the time. The other thing, though, is um, Catholicism has reached a, a, a horrifying low in Ireland right now. No vocations. So in my home diocese of Killaloo, no seminarians. The Archdiocese of Dublin, no seminarians. So uh, asking me to go back and recruit, um, I don't think I'd be very successful. But I'll tell you this, I have no hesitation in speaking up to kids uh, that I think have, have potential here and encourage them. So in our diocese, of, our parish of Brainerd, uh, we had lots of vocations out of there. Yep. And uh, had no hesitation in saying, hey, think... Think about it. Maybe God is calling you, and it's worked out wonderfully. One of the um, uh, one of the things that you, you know you, we've talked a lot about that about how the Catholic Church in Ireland is a, a totally different reality from the time when you were here. Yes. And in a way, there was some sort of a, a poetic thing that happened. Is that uh, uh, one of our seminarians went to Ireland? Yes, isn't that an extraordinary thing from Brainerd? Yeah. It was yeah, Father, Sh- Shane, Sh- Father Sh- Shane Sullivan. Father Shane Sullivan. His father came from the Gaeltacht in, in Galway. And I came over here to make his living, got married, had a family. And Shane, we signed him up for the Diocese of Luth, sent him off to the seminary, and ready to um, welcome him among us. And the next thing he felt the Lord saying, maybe I should go back to Ireland where my father came from. And now he was ordained, went back and finished his uh, seminary studies in Ireland, was ordained for the Archdiocese of Tume, and he's a priest now in the Archdiocese yeah. of Tume. And so a reversal it, of, it of, was, of everything. It was incredible because, you know, I was the vocation director at the time, and then when he came to myself and Bishop Scherer at the time and said, I want to go to Ireland, we were just like, what in the world are you talking about? It's like we, were, we weren't too excited about that at first. But, but uh, yeah, so there is a little bit of a reversal. So, um, uh, so yeah, so... We, why don't you speak a little bit to, um, uh, you know, so you said already that you're, you had an uncle here. So I know we did a, a news story in the diocesan newspaper a few years back about how, how you and your family has over 100 years of service to this diocese. Can you speak right. to that a little bit? Well, not merely my family. So my uncle came out here in 1918 as a priest, he was ordained, and was, uh, and was 60 years a priest in this diocese. I came out here in 1966, and I was in active service until 1966. So, and now it's 100-plus years of service Right, uh, still in the diet. But um, Eamon Boland, his uncle was Monsignor Boland. He, uh, he came out here in 19, his uncle came out here in 1912, and Father Eamon uh, is still a priest, uh, retired but still very active in the diocese. Father Charlie Flynn is from Leitrim, and his uncle came out here in 1922, and Father Charlie is still uh, retired but active, just like I am. Father Mike Lyons, his uh, un- granduncle came out here in 1922 also, and he's still uh, retired and, like me, still active in the diocese. So most of, the, most of the guys, that, at least in recent memory, the Irishmen that came over here to serve in our diocese was following in the footsteps of an uncle of theirs. Right. Uh, many of us came because of a relative or a neighbor or a friend already in the diocese. So right. you came here in 1966? I did. And your uncle served until when? Uh, 1968. 
Okay, so you were able to work alongside That's right. him. Yes. What was that like? Did yes, you that much? was something. He was a, a pastor in Eveleth, and so I would drive up. Uh, Father Tom Stack was my pastor at Good Shepherd, and he'd say, well, you better go up and visit your uncle, so I'd get into my Mercury Comet yeah. and, uh, <laughs> up to Eveleth and uh, uh, spend a day and spend an overnight with my uncle and what have you. So it worked out just great. And then he lived for another 10 years in retirement. Okay. And... Uh, he died in '78. Did he ever give you advice? Did he ever say, "Seamus"? Although they went by, you went by James back then, didn't well, you? So well, did you ever hear some advice he, from him? He, he never had to give me advice. I was always pretty accomplished even <laughs> yeah. then, <laughs> yes, as, well, as you as you know. Yes, yes. Well, I will say, you know, I mean, in my so we don't have to just spoke, speak of your your Irish heritage, but uh, you know, I've uh, I've always was I'm a very uh, let me say I looked up to you for your ability your you're willing to do anything for anybody at any given time. And so you always made the bar very high when I was your associate pastor. And, and so your, your, your vision of your priesthood, your vision of your, your sense of priesthood, um, you know, I mean, you're extraordinarily pastoral and always present to anybody that needs it. Maybe you just speak a little bit how you view your well, that's priesthood. A lovely, that's a lovely compliment. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, I'll, never you. Say, I'll never say it again. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, yes, that's what I'm ordained to do. Uh, I, I like to see myself as uh, a typical Irish-born parish priest. You look after your people. Don't be looking after promotion. Don't be looking out for number one. What can you do for the people of your parish? bring them into the church, a baptism, their weddings, their funerals, their ups, their downs. Mm-hmm. Be, a, be a parish priest. Yeah, I, re- I remember even saying, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I remember as the associate pastor in Brainerd years ago saying to you, Father Walsh, said, you can't do all these things because your successor is going to come in and he's just going to look bad because not any priest is going to do this. And so <laughs> it's true. It's like your, your, your pastoral availability is always um, uh, is very clear. And so... Uh, that that's a that's a great role model for me as an associate uh, pastor working under you. So for that, um, I don't think I've lived up to that in a, in that type of way. But certainly, I've exceeded you in many other ways, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but not necessarily in that way. So we're we're talking to Father Seamus Walsh. He is a retired priest here in the Diocese of Duluth, talking about his years of ministry, his Irish heritage, and and uh, uh, anything in regards to his life as a priest here in the Diocese of Duluth. And we'll continue this conversation shortly after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace 
turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow. We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. You are indeed listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We are talking to Father Seamus Walsh about all things priesthood and Irish. So, Father Welsh, um, tell me a little bit about, since you've been a priest for so long, there's been so many different things going on in the world. Can you tell me the things that you've enjoyed and maybe some of the challenges over the years that you encountered? The first thing is that uh, I chose the right profession. Now, did I know for sure that this is the right? I remember distinctly the day I was ordained asking to myself, where will I be five years from now? And here I am 55 years later. It's worked out well. So God has been good to me. It hasn't always been easy. Uh, priesthood, like marriage, like any worthwhile profession, is hard work. You have to work at it. You have to get help for it when need, when need be. You have to call on assistance when that is called for. So it is, um, but there's no other profession I would want to be in. I've made a great choice, and so thanks be to God for that. And uh, I love I love that you're talking about like just everything about you and especially the early years. Like I just so wish we had more of that now. It feels like we've gone away from that. What kind of challenges do you see now with the church and trying to recruit these priests? Like you said, in Ireland, they're not... No, Ireland is not the place to go for help right now. So in, interestingly, in Ireland, now they're getting priests from Africa and from Poland. Oh. Uh, we did have a seminarian from my home diocese from Romania, but he didn't persevere. But extraordinary, unbelievable, uh, the, the, the turn of fortune in Ireland. Here, uh, in the diocese of the Lord, someone mentioned to me the other day, they said, I was at some recent priest's gathering here, one, maybe one of our recent, or this what happened, we were sitting in the, one of the back pews and said, most of the priests are not great. A lot of them are so young. And so our Diocese of Duluth is very, very fortunate that I think we have a younger priesthood than average, certainly in Ireland, and I suspect in this country too. Yeah, we have one of the youngest presbyters. I'm 51 and I think there's only three or four active priests older than me in the diocese that are still yeah. you know, in the saddle, so to speak. And so certainly we have a young presbyterate, and uh, we, had a, we had a boom of vocations. You know, I was blessed to be the vocation director under Bishop Schnur, and he was very good with vocations. And it, I often think to myself, where would we be 
if it weren't for his, you know, attention to vocations, we'd be in a rough spot. Right. Do both of you try to recruit priests, like as priests? Are you always trying to I, look I, for them? I have no hesitation in putting the squeeze on a candidate. I say, I think you'd be great. You have a good personality. You're doing pretty good in school. You would be a wonderful candidate. Uh, and I tell that to my colleagues in Ireland and my priest friends and my relatives who are priests. And I say, do you ever recruit? Do you ever put your hand on a kid and say, hey, come along? And to say, no. I'm shocked, mm-hmm. but I, I tell them what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's basically it's, it's we consider it part of our job. Part of our job is to to replicate ourselves and to 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 like Father Walsh is saying to recruit and to get more because God's calling. That's right. Just so, whether people listening or not. I, I have a great line now. I said I'm I'll be 80 years of age in September. I need help. Who's going to take my place? So I'm putting my eye on you. So. <laughs> 80 in September. Wow. I, just, I was just listening to the radio coming in here this morning. Martha Stewart was 80 today, and I'll be 80 in a couple of weeks. Martha wow. Stewart and I are almost the same September age. what? Sixth. Oh, okay. I have to remember that. <laughs> All right. So Martha Stewart's aged better than you, though, Father Wolf. <laughs> I d- no, I don't think so. I don't think you so either. You look very good. <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, we talked a little bit about, um, what, what would you, what would you, uh, accredit? Cause I mean, the spirit moves in certain ways. Ireland was ripe with vocations back in your day and now they're not, and now it's here. I mean, how does the, how do you view the Holy Spirit working within the church in that regards? In a geographic sort of way? That's a good question. Well, I, I, I don't know. Ireland is a, is a mystery to me. I grew up there. I know it well. And what has happened? First, it became very wealthy. And I suspect that people said, I'm independent. I don't need to, to go anywhere else other than to succeed in life, succeed in work, succeed in making money, succeed in business. And I think something that that has happened personal opinion, but that's how I see it. What would you say, looking back at your time when you were younger and in the seminary, what percentage of priests that were going through seminary, or guys that were going through seminary, stayed in Ireland versus went to foreign countries? Most of them went abroad in my, uh, uh, up to my time. Uh, someone told me that uh, uh, 1966 six was the year of the most ordinations ever in Ireland. And someone told me that 600 were already... Now, I don't know if that's my imagination mm-hmm. or is my memory failing or something. Right. But it sounds huge number, but that no. number's in the back of my mind. So, but anyway, a big number. It was the right. gr- year of greatest numbers in uh, ordinations. What do you, uh, uh, when you look back at your priesthood in the Diocese of Duluth, what would be maybe the uh, one or two things that stick out most in the most positive light for you? What do you, I, mean, I, had you? Some, I had some great pastors. I think of uh, Monsignor Popish when I was his assistant at St. Michael's. He taught me something I've never forgotten, the place of the laity in church life. So it was, I was reminded of that this morning in the first reading from today, uh, of Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. Mary, Miriam and, Ab- and Aaron were upset because they felt that... Uh, God wasn't working sufficiently and strongly enough through them mm-hmm. and giving all the glory to Moses. Mm-hmm. And they were cranky about it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so these are the laity. And um, Moses, our God, uh, uh, Yahweh sat him down and, and said, Moses is my man. 
but you're important too. Mm -hmm. And so Bernie Popish taught me that, that uh, the laity are of immense importance. You're still a priest, you're, you're still the pastor, but don't be afraid. Take them, take them, take them uh, into your confidence, and you will benefit from it. So a huge lesson that has stood me very well in, for 55 years. How do you see the church changing today? Like in the Diocese of Duluth, even, or I, just locally? I, I wonder if we're not going back to a church that I grew up in. Uh, and Pope Francis talking about clericalism. I think I see that rising again. Even I, in our diocese? Oh, yeah. I, I see that starting again. I'm a priest. I'm the Lord's anointed. Not saying it that bluntly. But something... Uh, I am... Uh, I am I am the authority here. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that I'm seeing that more and more. You you had mentioned uh, Monsignor Popish just as a little bit of an aside for our listeners here is that when when uh, Fa when Father Walsh was the associate pastor with Monsignor Popish, it was that parish that I was actually baptized in, and uh, I missed by a whisker having Bishop uh, Father Walsh baptized. Did you me. say so, Bishop? Aww. Did you say Bishop? I was going to say no. I was, no, no, I was, was going to say, say Bishop Popish. A happy slip of the tongue, Rich. <laughs> no, so I think Father Walsh went off golfing when I got baptized by Monsignor Popish. It was the right thing to do. You had, you've had a lot of associate pastors. I did. I have had a lot. Of, yes, I lucked out. I must say I lucked out with my associates. Thank you. Yes, I did. I lucked out. And uh, uh, they were competent. They were fun to be with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really lucked out. Yeah. You, what's your favorite story in your priesthood? Uh, oh, my. Favorite? My. You, you, you stumped me on that. Just being a priest, that, that's my yeah. favorite story. I, yeah. I made a great choice. God called me to what I'm competent at. You, you mentioned that you're uh, in retirement. You've been as busy as can be. I mean, walk us through what is it like to be a retired priest? I mean, what kind of life, what does your schedule look like? I know, Don't okay. go through it you know, in yeah. detail. Well, but. every Monday I'm at Star to Sea, have the Mass. Every Tuesday I have two morning Masses. I'm on my way there right now, if you don't keep me uh, on this program all morning. <laughs> Uh, every Friday, I'm here at St. James. Mm -hmm. And then every weekend, I'm in some parish or other taking the whole weekend schedule. So for the next, uh, for the rest of August now, I'll be in different parishes. Yeah. And I'll, for the last three weeks of August, I'll be in my old parishes in Brainerd uh, filling oh, in. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, for us, like, you know, I mean, there's like a, a regular cycle of life in the diocese. It's like, for people like me that are, you know, in the parishes still and uh, being administrator of parishes, we need retired priests because we need to take our breaks as well. Sure. And so retired priests are absolutely essential for us around here. Father Rich, I'm sure that you get plenty of breaks, with or without. This, this is why Cindy's on, uh, on thin ice right now as the, uh, the co-host. Cindy, you have any questions? You've been awfully quiet. Oh my gosh, no! It's just it, your presence is so amazing. Like I would imagine oh boy, anybody who much. was your associate was like just. Un I, I don't know. It just my view of you is so great, and I just would love to be around you more. So I think you know. I'm sure that's kind of how you guys felt. You're just so caring and giving, and it just doesn't feel like you're ever like judging or. You're just wonderful, well, thank and you. I appreciate that. You're that's nice to beautiful. hear. Beautiful man. Well, I was. And we thank you. Uh, like I said, I was. I was. Uh, like I said, I was his associate for two years, and uh, it took me six months to unlearn everything. <laughs> but uh, no, it was. A, it was a. It was a great experience, and uh, I'm, uh, so I don't know. I know because I don't that. feel that way about around you, but I do feel that way around thank him. You, thank so maybe well, you, you shouldn't have gotten rid of that that's stuff. That, that, I think you. That's because have taken that's because you've in. only known Father Walsh for a very short time, and you've known me for a lot longer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Father Walsh, is there anything else you want to add in regards to your life as a priest? And um, uh, uh, retirement has worked out very, very well for me. You know, I don't have to worry about finances or leaky furnaces or uh, stubborn furnaces and leaky roofs. Thanks be to God, the laity turn them loose. Mm-hmm. They know far more about that than I. And working with legal issues and, and building issues and all the rest of it, we have the laity. They're talented. It likes it. That's what Bernie Popish said. Get them. Identify talent train them, and turn them loose. Right. That's a, st- a thing I've learned from Bernie Popish 55 year, 54 years ago, right. and that has stood me immensely, Im- uh, of immense importance, um, over half a century. Know how to delegate. You know? To delegate. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is that even though we're priests, I mean, we have our knowledge in theology, yes, that doesn't mean we know our... Right. Things about all, all the other things that are so, like Moses life. this morning, uh, he knew his place with God, and God put and told uh, Aaron and and Miriam, and this is your place too. So, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, delegate. We, uh, I'm not going to abdicate my pa- uh, my priesthood, uh, but I'll co- I'll invite the lady in to know, to do the stuff that they're far better at than I am. How many bishops have you worked under? Seven. Seven. Oh, by that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, the, that. that's the diocese of Duluth for you, though. Yeah, there, yeah. We have a very high turnover. Yeah, we, yes. Yeah. Well, Father Walsh, it's uh, it's been great to have you. Thank you very much for being Thank a guest. You. We don't want to keep you too long because we know you have two masses yet this that's morning. That's right. I we do. don't want speeding tickets. No. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. But, but, okay. But thanks, but th- thanks for coming on, uh, Father Walsh. And uh, after our break, we'll have our, speaking of bishops, we're going to have Bishop Felton of the Diocese of Duluth. He's going to be our next guest. And so, uh, again, thanks, Father Walsh, for coming. Thank you, Father Thank Rich. You. Thank you, Cindy. Great. All right. We'll catch you right after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 